message from the government of Canada. Hello, everyone. It is my honor as the 23rd Prime Minister of Canada to welcome these foreign dignitaries from our esteemed partner to the south. Oh, what do you mean, not dignitaries? Podcasters? Yikes. And it's an entire room of leftists? Wait, like dengists? Or like Maoists? Trots? Certainly not tankies. Okay, so it's a room full of liberals. An entire theater packed with libs. That's fine. We'll just soften the message a bit. Wabba! Fellow anti-fascist, Fidel Castro fucked my mom. Take out my pipeline. So glad to welcome political dissidents, Chapo Traphus. They're here to spread le bon mati socialism. But don't we already have something a little like socialism already here in Canada? We have socialized medicine. Maybe even too much socialized medicine. Baj moi. Here to discuss if Canada really has gone too far are my guests, Gian Gameshi. Hello, sir. Music Festival Stephen Harper. Yeah. And the next Prime Minister of Canada, <laughs> Pierre Poliaz. Trucks, Bitcoin, casual racism. And a casual racism to you too, sir. See, we're not all that different. We all want what's best for our people. The Rogers, the Shaws, the Irvings. We might look and sound like a country, but honestly, we're just three mining companies in a long coat. We'll strip mine the place, and if you stand in the way, even on your own land, we'll beat you, harass you, poison your children, and bag them up behind the camps. <laughs> you all work for the company store. You all get paid in company scrip. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's been a rough few weeks at home. But, but where are they going to go? The NDP? <laughs> oh, that was a good one, Justin. Thanks, Goth Obama. All right, that was good. That was good. Uh, what are we recording next? The Black Students Alliance? Mega! Montreal. Bonjour. <laughs> Hello, Montreal. We are the podcast Chapo Trap House, and this is our first time in Canada. Okay, take two. Bonjour, Montreal. Nous sommes le podcast Chapo Trap House, et c'est notre première fois au Canada. <laughs> 
We are very excited to be with you here tonight and share some of our ironic political satire. Nusum tre hero de etra e ici se soir et de partager avec vous en partie de notre satire politique ironique. For instance, uh, back in the States, it was just revealed that Special Prosecutor Jack Smith has received Trump's Twitter DMs as part of his investigation. Uh, we haven't read them, but we think they'd sound a little like this. For example, <laughs> Oh, Etat il était révélé que le procureur spécial Jack Smith avait reçu les DM de Trump sur the Twitter. Fuck this! This is a night for America! This is a night for America! Ah. Montreal, all our material about the French killed in Toronto, so let's see how it does here. Honestly, like, we... When we got to Toronto, and especially that airport that contains smells that I've not smelled since 1998, the most underdeveloped city I've ever visited. <laughs> a, a, a nation state robbed of its development by its colonial master, Ukraine. <laughs> you know, we thought we knew, like, our basic thing here. It was going to, you know, oh, how could you guys let yourself get hoed out by the French like this and not even speak, like, regular French? And now, like, after not even a full day in Montreal, it's like, how could you guys let yourself get hoed out by Anglo-Canadians? It's pretty embarrassing. You guys are, this is so much the better. The swag disparity is glaring. It's like, how, how, are you, how are you letting this happen where you're just getting owned by these dugs and gourds? <laughs> You, you, you guys are the true, the true descendants of Charles Martel and Charlemagne. And, and, and it's, it's evident when I uh, entered Montreal. Like, it's a combination of Upper Manhattan, the best parts of Michigan, Chicago, all the, every real place on, in the entire world. And mean, meanwhile... Absolutely. <laughs> And meanwhile, the rest of it is just these Cranach men hovels. Uh, Montreal, from the moment I disembarked from the, the airplane at uh, Toronto's Pearson Airport, boo! <laughs> I gotta I can, say, I we say, got there and my first thought was, uh, they, they told me over the loudspeaker, we're landing at Pearson International Airport. I was like, who the fuck is Pearson? <laughs> <laughs> who is this asshole to have an airport? The Rome airport is named after Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> the fuck is Pearson? If I have to fucking Wikipedia your ass, you should not be named after an international airport. No, but Montreal, from the moment I disembarked on the plane in Toronto, I could tell, I could see in the faces of the people at the airport that this country yearns for freedom. It yearns for American freedom. I could just... I could feel the chill in the air and the palpable sense of fear. Canadians had their eyes cast down as they shuffled by giant posters celebrating the Trudeau regime, the cruel family that has ruled this benighted nation with an iron fist for decades. 
I can, it's, I, we were shuffled into a separate line. Uh, we can tell people their faces just, everyone was wary of informers and the secret police. And then perhaps even more disturbing, giant television screens played state propaganda from an impish figure known only as Nardwar. Uh, in these propaganda broadcasts, they select a, a Canadian of note and expose them to Nardwar's surveillance, revealing that him and the state know a shocking amount of details about their life. I'll tell you right now, if that motherfucker came up to me and started talking about who my third grade teacher was, I'm just kicking him in the balls. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Who are you? Actually, uh, if, if Nardwar is out there, Nardwar, could you find my biological parents, please? <laughs> <laughs> no one has succeeded yet. Yeah. I, mean, I, I made this appeal in Atlanta, but I'm going to do it here again tonight in Montreal for Nardwar out of his research staff. But yeah, uh, Montreal, I mean, it was, it, it was just gray, depressing. You know, the, I, I witnessed firsthand the Trudeau bread lines at the state distrib food distribution center known as Tim Hortons. <laughs> There were, there were just scenes that no one should see. I have, uh, I've been all over the world, and the desperation that we saw, a Canadian family, they saw that I had, they saw me access the Wells Fargo banking app. And they were so amazed at seeing an American banking app, they immediately tried to sell me three of their children. Seriously, though, Montreal, it is great to be here in La Belle Province. And, you know, uh, Felix alluded to this, but like, basically, like, when we're on tour, we feel like we have to shit on every city we perform in because, you know, you guys are pigs and you love when we abuse you <laughs> and the places they know you're from. What they, it's what they want. Yeah, you love it. But Montreal, I gotta, be, I, I gotta be honest with you, we've had to, like, really rewrite a lot of our show tonight because... Honestly, I just can't do it for Montreal. This city's too nice. <laughs> it's, it's, you guys. It's really cool. It's nice. I'm sorry. It's embarrassing that we have to say this. Yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah. we, we had to rewrite our show. Uh, we, I mean, because we, we came in here thinking, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna tee off on these French Canadian motherfuckers, these fucking hicks. But I was like, no, we rewrote the show. We now support Quebec independence. <laughs> There's no reason. There's no what you guys have here should be, uh, you know, sort of thrown in with the rest of this lot in this contemptible country. Uh, no, but you guys, now keep in mind here, I'm saying this with the proviso that I'm not an immigrant, but you guys have a really nice city here. It's, it's, it's like Paris if the people were nice. And like, so like, you know what? Let's just continue shitting on Toronto. Yeah. They've got it coming. Yeah, Matt, you called it a, a Minecraft city. Yeah, just a bunch of, just a bunch of disgusting little blocky towers. <laughs> Toronto, yeah, Toronto is it is the real life version of the city you play in in Saints Row games. <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a Sims game that you just stop playing out of apathy and depression. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like, um, it, it, but it's great here. I mean, like in, in Toronto, all of the all of the businesses read, or like restaurants or stores or whatever, all the businesses read like you put it from English in Google Translate to another language and then back to English. Like we, we saw, we, there's one place we saw called Massage Addict. <laughs> Whereas here in Montreal, walking around this morning, we saw a storefront that just said hip hop music. Right to the point. Yeah. 
Uh, Toronto, I mean, with the restaurants uh, specifically, there's an Israeli naming quality to them. <laughs> you know, breakdancing burger. <laughs> Pizza quinceanera. Yeah, no, uh, Felix mentioned that um, when, when, when he arrived in Toronto, he, he, you felt like um, the Andals when they arrived in Westeros. Yeah. But Felix, Felix what, what is the Game of Thrones equivalent to the fair city of Montreal? Well, this is obviously, like, I, it breaks the Game of Thrones analogy because Toronto is clearly just some Westerosy fucking backwater. And this is, like, Bravos. This is an ESOS. Yes. Uh, uh, Montreal is, is Bravos. Uh, uh, Prince Edward Island is the Iron Islands, obviously. Prince, Prince yeah. Edward yeah. Iron yeah. Islands. Yeah. Uh, and I would say uh, Vancouver is Dorn, but you replace Dornish wine with uh, heroin. <laughs> uh, but, like, I, I gotta say, like, you know, I've been here not even two days, and I already have a list of things that I really like about Montreal. Uh, starting with, I, I learned about this, like, two days ago. Your regional curse words, special regional curse words it's that no one great. else in the world Very knows about. There's a word, folks. It starts with a T. Okay? It's a box. It's a box. It's a little box. It's got the cookie in it. Should I say it? No, no, no. Melania, Melania, Melania says, says I don't shouldn't say it. Say it. Melania told me I shouldn't say it, but I want to say it. Should I say the word? You've got your regional curse words, and like, try, try, as I, try as I might to hate on this city. We were walking around this morning, and I made my like, uh, stock joke about when I uh, visit any city that isn't New York or L.A. I said, uh, you know what this city really needs is a Ferris wheel and a river walk. <laughs> and then we walked to the river and got on a Ferris There's wheel. There's a Ferris wheel! <laughs> we were just, you know, down there feeling like uh, the, last of, uh, the last of Chapo's privateers. God damn them all. I was told our Canadian jokes would never get old. We'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> it's a damn tough life full of toil and strife we podcast men undergo. So uh, th th there's that. Okay, how about... By okay, like, I was totally expecting to come here and just hate the French like I normally do. But here's the thing, Felix, the observation you made on the train about bilingualism really stuck with me because the dumbest French Canadian is twice as smart as I am. Yeah. So, so, like, I mean, one thing I'll say that honestly it applies to all Canada is that though Toronto is an Ubisoft open world and this, <laughs> this is a rock well, star Ubisoft open. is headquartered here in Montreal, by the way. Well, every city has a blemish. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, like, the NPC interactions I get are rock star quality. <laughs> they, they, they have unique interactions based on the time of day, whether you're in an elevator or not. Everyone talks to you. It's great. I have a bunch of unfinished quest lines that hopefully I can return to. But, like, so when I was... I, I, I was in a separate car on the train, which is official Montreal policy that... I was in a different, some would say, cattle car. <laughs> I don't quite agree with it, but I made it here just the same. But I, I, I was seated next to this, um, like, 
you know, if I had never heard him talk, I would have been like, that's the guy from Delaware. This big bald guy. And I'm pretty sure he was a murderer on the run. Like, he was a nice guy, but he was talking on the phone, uh, like, in, in French and English, and one of the things he said was like, Mom, you know I can't tell you on the phone why I'm, why I'm leaving. I, I, I can't, no, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, no, I can't tell you where I'm going. No, not over the phone, what are you talking about? And, like, clearly he killed somebody. Uh, but, but, and, you know, he was just saying all these, like, NPC things, like, lots of trees here. And, and normally I would be like, you know, beneath me, this doesn't affect my honor rating if I talk to him or not, whatever. But he fucking speaks fluent French, and I don't. Like, the, the, the dumbest headphone thief here is so much more skilled than any American. It's very annoying. Well, By I mean, the way, we can... uh, people wanted us to review... Uh, via rail? What's yeah, it called? Yeah. They're so, like, yeah, we, oh, yeah, you got you to drag. Okay. You, got, I, you guys, you got to drag it. Oh, yeah, tell yeah. us how bad it is. And I got to tell you, it's 10 million times better than anything in the United States. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the train left on time. The toilets worked. It didn't just stop for no reason. I was on an Amtrak train one time from D.C. to Chicago, and we pulled over into a siding for eight hours, during which the only thing we got from the crew was a little box with cold fried chicken and a room temperature Pepsi. Travel we got, we left when we, they said we were going to leave, and we got there when they said we were going to get there. We were delayed slightly because some people were shooting up on the train tracks <laughs> before, but like, you know, that's not their fault. What are you going to do? <laughs> Where else are you going to shoot up? Yeah, I'm fascinated by this. Like, so the, the general consensus in this room here about via rail is what? Bad? Oh, you sweet summer children. <laughs> oh. You adorable little moppets complaining. <laughs> uh, oh, oh the, 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 the ham croissant was uh, uh, room temperature. <laughs> Fuck you. You to, really, to, be you fair, really... that was, to be fair, that was my exact complaint about Fire <laughs> Do you realize, like, if you want to go from Chicago, like, in the middle of the country, to not even, like, the full East Coast, you want to go to, like... Uh, if you want to go from the equivalent of Toronto to Montreal. It takes three fucking days. <laughs> it, it, it's, like, or, it's like Oregon Trail. You better have six kids, because you're going to lose half of them on route. <laughs> It's an entirely different group of people arriving as who left. Yeah. It is, yeah, no. All the complaints I heard, like, people were bitching me out over this on Twitter, and they're like, oh, but the fucking uh, the, the train from Newfoundland to uh, Blake's Harbor is bad. <laughs> who fucking cares? Shut the fuck up. There are eight trains in America, and they have a fatality rate of 99%. <laughs> You will get Parvo if you ride on an American train. <laughs> but um, so, in addition to uh, researching, I, I thought you're quite lovely <laughs> Canadian rail system. Uh, we like just did like a, a bit of research on like Montreal. Like, since the Beavers and Catholicism have gone away, like what what is really going on here? What are the what are the local industries? Now, I mentioned uh, the the Ubisoft video game company, <laughs> but did they make uh, Assassin's Creed? And Far Cry? Um, yeah, uh, yeah um, you can accuse them of making Assassin's Creed. <laughs> so, in addition to that, you guys have the biggest inland port in the world, 
an air, a big aerospace industry, and apparently this is a big hub for AI research now, which led which led me which led me to a terrifying thought: a French Canadian artificial intelligence. <laughs> Je ne parle pas anglais, Dave. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll be straight with you. If that happens, I'm just killing myself. <laughs> I am way too old to learn that bullshit. Master Chief is not being the Covenant if Cortana is French-Canadian. <laughs> I'm and sorry. And then, you know, uh, finally, finally, and this, 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 is, this is deeply personal for me, uh, before we get into making fun of Canada, I'm going to just, like, really butter you up. I got, as, as a lifelong New York City native, I got to say, the Montreal bagel is indeed better <laughs> It's the, 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 sugar, the sugar-based boil produces a better bagel than the lye alkaline-based boil. The New York and City the bagel, big hole. You it's, need a, a big it's just, hole. it's a little too big. It's like, especially when you're eating a, like a sandwich with the Montreal bagel. You can't do it with a New York bagel. You feel like you're done for the day. You, you gotta call it sick, you eat that shit. You feel like, a, you know, how dogs feel when they eat rocks. <laughs> but that light, the light, crisp bagel with a big hole in the middle. It's superior. You got it. You nailed it. Yeah, you guys nailed it. You guys nailed it. You guys, I mean, like, honestly, like, the whole Montreal deli, like, thing is, I mean, it's like a very, I mean, they're basically kind of the same thing, but Montreal's is a little better than New York's, I gotta say. Well, that's because... You can, you can take that to the bank. That's because the, the, the Jewish population of uh, Montreal, unlike that of New York, they weren't like, no, we're going to uh, climb the heights of uh, entertainment and uh, law and government <laughs> and media. They were like, we're going to stick to Delhi. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we don't want to get pogromed by these frogs. Yeah. If we look at them wrong, they want to start burning down the neighborhood. So we're just going to stick to delicious smoked meats and bagels. Please don't kill us. And the one thing it, It's really one of the good things that Ukraine has contributed. <laughs> And I got to say, another thing I was surprised by, uh, Felix pointed this out, the tap water in this city, also delicious. I have been drinking Gruesome Gavin Newsom's, like, disgusting groundwater. Groundwater that has been steeping uh, in the corpses of Nellie Bowles' ancestors' victims (laughs) for centuries. Just disgusting. (laughs) My body is riddled with tumors. And I drank, uh, I drank seven glasses of Montreal Tap today. And, you know, like a good Nation of Islam member who eats bean pies every day, I'm making it to 200. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I have to assume that the reason it's so good is because it, it's, like, made of the tears of the last unicorn standing on, like, the last uh, uh, fucking glacier. Yeah, that's where you get it, right? From a dying glacier? It's got to be. What's the first thing you learn in economics? Trade-offs. All right, so Montreal, like, I'd like to get in now to, like, sort of our American perspective on Canada and what it means to be Canadian. Like, what is Canadian identity? And I know coming from Toronto to Montreal, there's a lot of different answers to this question. But, like, my, like, the stereotypical version that we get in America, or the, the, that I guess is, like, somewhat supported by, you know, just what I've seen and 
heard here, is it like, what is Canadian identity? Okay, it's hockey, Tim Hortons, not going bankrupt from medical bills, and you guys like that, right? You guys, you guys enjoy that? All right. Bastards. Um, but like, keep in mind, like, but to me, what, what really it means to be Canadian is that somehow you're still paying fealty to the British monarchy, but also have to learn French. That's too much homework! It, it, seem, it seems like you've imported like, really the worst of Europe. Um, but the truth is, the truth is, and like, this, is the, this is the case we're going to make tonight. The truth is, everything is defined in contrast to us because you really wish you could just become part of America. And hopefully by... You know oh, it. you don't? You know really? it. You know it. Okay, well, hear, don't, hear don't, me out. You know. Hear us, hear, oh, you're going to be yeah, part of I, France? Okay. Give me a break. <laughs> They're uh, all the way over there, and by the way, they think you're all hicks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people in Paris think uh, French Canadians are like the Geico cavemen. <laughs> Quebec, <laughs> Quebec is France is Australia. <laughs> so, like, okay. So everything is sort of defined in contrast to your, like your proximity to America. So, like, we're rude, you're polite, and like my my, uh, my, my one little taste of Canadian politeness was in Toronto when uh, we were at the hotel. Stopped on a different floor. Uh, this couple got on and they thanked me. <laughs> thanked me for getting on the elevator with them. <laughs> and then, of course, you were you were just on it. Yeah, uh, we're just, oh, uh, you didn't you. have the little hat on yeah. or anything. That's adorable. Uh, well, like I mean, it was in Toronto, so they could have been waiting there for years. <laughs> the elevators are ascended by hand pulleys, <laughs> and you know, like okay. Uh, we did genocide to our indigenous population. You did slightly less than that. And, okay, oh, uh, I conceal my deep reservoir of rage under, like, an icy layer of polite compliance. That's just called being from the Midwest. Yeah, I know. Hey, guess what? I had milk in a bag also. <laughs> uh, I grew up with that shit. I had fucking bag milk. Don't act like you're special. That's Midwestern fucking excellence right there. Alcoholism and freezing to death. That is what we have. I got to say, uh, Catherine was with us in Toronto, and we got some poutine. And she was like, a tear rolling down her cheek. She was like, why would you do that to cheese curds? They should be deep fried. Um, oh, okay, here's another one, yeah. Oh, I, I, I formed my, form my sort of like national identity around a shitty donut franchise. That's called, that's called being from Boston. So Canada, what I, the point I'm making here is that you're already ha like most of the way towards being American, so why not just go all the way? But here's the deal. That was, that was going to be my pitch until we arrived in Montreal. I was going to make the case for one North American super state. Now I will make that case... But Montreal will be, like, preserved as sort of like a Hong Kong, like, autonomous zone. You guys get to be a city-state. Bravo style. Yeah. 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 We, we'll truly make Montreal bravos. I mean, like, for the entire union, if everything goes according to plan, it will be led by AMLO. So, you can make That's your choice true, yeah. there. Now, Montreal, before we get too many of you on our side, I do have... One important caveat uh, that will conclude, like, we will allow the Montreal Autonomous Zone to be, like, independent of the North American superstate with one small change. 
Spanish is now the official language. Yeah. Yeah, and you, we know you guys are gonna try to, you know, do something weird to confuse us. <laughs> Just like how it's you're doing a weird form of French, you're gonna be like, oh, what about real plot in Spanish? Because nope. that's confusing. No, Castilian. You gotta have the lisp and everything. It was good enough for Charles V. <laughs> Speaking uh, of Spanish, I, I, once again, like, a complete oaf. I, oh, I, like, I caught myself, thank God, but the, the, the very nice lady at the front desk of our hotel, like, she gave us our room keys, and I swear to God, I almost said gracias to her. <laughs> <laughs> so, here, but like, so, so Canada, like, this time, you're going to have to fire the first shot. So, whether it's Trudeau or Polyver, whoever the next PM is, they should fire the first shot and just, like, annex Detroit or Buffalo... And then, and then Operation Maple Thunder will commence, and we'll, we'll, Give us a we'll reason. take it from there. Give uh, us a reason, then we'll do it. There, there was a, a Gulf of Tonkin incident, and now we need a uh, Bay of Hudson incident. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, it, it, it's a good... Like, look, we'll be getting the oil, the tim- soft, soft timber. timber. Mm, fresh water, thank you. <laughs> But, like, you'll, you'll get stuff, too. Like, you can be loud, rude pigs for the first time ever. Yes, and you, you don't, don't have, have the freedom to, like, to do that. You don't have to worry about being funny. You know, like, oh, we're, we're like Americans, but not. You know, we have to have, a, like, a bit. We have to... No, you can just be Americans. You don't have to be funny. You just get a gun. <laughs> sort of transitioning from, like, a very, very sophisticated, wry, ironic, like, Norm MacDonald style of humor to, like, a Yosemite Sam style of humor. <laughs> if you want to have a laugh, just start shooting guns at someone's feet. Larry Le Cable Guy. <laughs> Le Homme de Cable. But there will be a Jeff Dunham School for the Performing Arts. <laughs> <laughs> but Montreal, we would not be the first Americans to attempt to take over of Canada. No. And now, and now to take a, a, little, a little trip in the Wayback Machine, uh, Professor Chrisman will now yeah. present some, some, of, some of America's best failed attempts to take over Canada. It's true. We, we really have had our eye on the ball for a while. Like, since the beginning, we're like, God damn, look at all that. Look at all that beavers. Look at all that soft timber. We need that shit. So, like, even during the American Revolution, there was an invasion of Canada by American forces that occupied Montreal. I don't know if you guys know this, but U.S. troops and U.S. forces occupied Montreal because they thought, well, they're a bunch of frogs. They are Catholics. They, they hate the fucking English. We can get them on our side. And they brought with them James Carroll, the first American Catholic bishop, to be like, hey, Americans kind of uh, have uh, freedom of religion. You can do that, too. But the goddamn English had passed the Quebec Act, if you guys know what that is. And they're like, yeah, no, we're good. And uh, by the way, you took all of our guns away, which is really weird for Americans, and you insist on paying us in useless American script and not Bitcoin like we would prefer. So they were like, fuck you. And then when the, uh, the siege of Quebec City failed, we just ran away. And then we're like, well, we'll get you next time, motherfucker. So in the War of 1812, we invaded again three times. There were three attempted invasions of Canada. In the, in the, the first failed because the commander of the American forces got scared because a cannonball exploded next to him and he surrendered the entire army. <laughs> the second one was delayed for two days because someone stole their boat oars. <laughs> and then they did invade, but were repulsed. Three straight hey, failures. No, 
No. Look, I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry we didn't take over. I know you're still pissed. <laughs> it would be so much better if you were America right now. You would all be in huge medical debt, and you would probably weigh 50 pounds more each. I know that that would be awesome, but you don't have to throw things at me for it. But that failed. And America kind of gave up after that, but American Irish people did not forget. So during the Civil War, a bunch of Irish Americans got military training and experience fighting, and then afterwards they were like, hey, you know what we should do? We should invade Canada, take it over, and then trade it for Ireland with the British. <laughs> and there were a couple of invasions, one in 1866 and a couple others in 1870, where a bunch of uh, Fenians, as they were called, Irish uh, Republicans, invaded Canada with the idea they were going to take it over and were defeated pretty easily. But what's amazing about it is, is that it did not cause like a real diplomatic rift between the United States and the British because the U.S. basically said, we're really sorry, but you know how they are. <laughs> when they've had a few drinks, you know what they're like, and the British were like, trust me, dude, we know. We've dealt with these motherfuckers for centuries. So everyone kind of let it go. But that failed, and that's it. But we're going to do it again, I think. In the future, I mean, like, in, within 50 years, we're going to be... You're going to be American. Just get used to it. Don't worry about it. Look, Let it happen. It's fine. Look, I know that the Fourth Reich isn't quite what it used to be. <laughs> but I saw that beer can just barely make it on stage. It's true. You got not... You fucking people. Not even close. Not even close. You fucking... You fucking, you fucking people put all your athleticism into George St. Pierre. He's a great fighter. We love him. We you know what? We this, love what he did to Matt Hughes, but that's your only, that is your only one. This is actually very indicative of a French-Canadian terrorist excellence. Well, I was going to say, if we advance things, <laughs> yeah. if we advance things to 1970 at the October emergency, the October events, the FLQ, the Front de Liberation de Québec, they did a bunch of bombings that basically killed nobody. And then they uh, kidnapped the uh, British ambassador and the uh, French, the premier of uh, Quebec, and killed his ass. That was pretty, that was pretty intense. I got to give him credit for that. But uh, the father of your current prime minister, Pierre Trudeau, was like, just watch me, as you guys know, and did uh, war, war emergency, put the fucking... Tanks in the streets, arrested 500 people, ended that shit quickly. And it really speaks to the decline of Canada, the human spirit, basically everything, that Pierre Trudeau's big uh, emergency was, was the literal assassination of a premier, and his son had to deal with some assholes giving themselves carbon monoxide poisoning in their fucking trucks. And then did not drop fucking drones on them like he should have. Imagine what, he, imagine what his fucking approval ratings would be if he just, like, killed all those guys. <laughs> Matt, I don't even know you uh, noticed this when you sent me the picture, but the Trudeau with the middle finger front grill on the truck above your head. It's very, very funny. It's like, oh, we want, to, we want our own January 6th, but, like, Oh, we're not going to go into property we haven't been asked to go into. No, that'd be rude. We're just going to sit out here in our trucks and wait for someone to do something about it. 
So, so Montreal, like, did, our, our stereotypical um, conception of what being Canadian is is not limited to just, you know, like, keep in mind, like, there are Canadians that you keep to yourselves, and we're going to talk about them in the second act. But there are also Canadians that have crossed over. Indeed, it's not just every beloved comedian and wildfire smoke that um, we get here in America. <laughs> but consider, uh, like, so like the, 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 the stereotype of Canadians being polite, nice people. Consider the following Canado-American success stories, beginning with Class A war criminal David Frum. Bush administration toady, uh, author of The Axis of Evil. Like I said, uh, so th this, is, this, is a, this is one of the most famous Canadians in America. Uh, next up we have, oh, um, alle alleged. Okay, I, I had to correct myself in Toronto. He is an alleged murderer. <laughs> hey, look, I, he had a boat, it ran over a person, and then he blamed his wife. But, but that person's dead. It was like, yeah, the vehicular boat slaughter. <laughs> All right, next up. Oh, uh, who can forget this guy? Or gal. Steven Crowder. <laughs> Steven Crowder, a wife abuser. And, I, and I'm, on, I'm on terra firma saying that. There's video. And then finally, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Somehow worse than the other three. So, like... Those are a few of the Canadians that have crossed over and made it big in America. But if you are an American, there are two ultimate Canadians. These are the two Canadians that most, that are the most successful Canadians in America and most, like, represent to Americans what it means to be Canadian. And good, good on you guys, they're both from Toronto. <laughs> Beginning with, of course, Drake. Wow, they were so happy about Drake and Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Very proud of him. Now. Okay, you'll be even happier by the next one. Jordan Peterson. Oh, now, how far you have fallen, Stefan Molyneux. <laughs> we were just talking about that. He should have been. He was there. He was there waiting to be the guy. And then this fucking Ontario motherfucker came in and stole his entire deal. I, the last thing I've seen from Stefan Molyneux in the last year is a video on, like, it's one of those, like, uh, Patreon-type websites you get if you're, like, too racist for Patreon, which, like, <laughs> someone tell me where that line is. Uh, um, and he was, like, literally crying, begging for money. He really... He, he fumbled that he bag. He really Hard. fucked it, Yeah. Like, Jordan Peterson is, he's, he's living in a fun house. He's, his life is a living hell, but check's still clearing. He's, Jordan Peterson is Bobby Kennedy to Stefan Melanieu's uh, Eugene McCarthy. Yeah. No, you're cruel. And, like, what, what I find interesting about these two men is that, like, in both their similarities and differences, I think they, like, there's, there's a lot to be, to be gleaned from them. Like, I think there's a certain kind of, like dorkiness and male hysteria inherent in both of them. They're both sensitive soft boys who are plagued by the insecurity that no matter how far they rise in their respective hierarchies, whether it be the music industry or pop psychology, that it won't be enough. Like if you're Drake, like you're one of the most successful recording artists in the world. Like everyone in America loves and respects Drake. I don't know, I don't know how you feel in Montreal, but everyone in America fucking loves Drake. But like at the end of the day, okay. At the end of the day, 
At the end when of the has day, that stopped anyone from succeeding in America? Yeah. I got some news for you about who makes it in America. But at the end of the day, he'll just be the wheelchair kid from Degrassi in his own mind. They know about the maple ceiling. <laughs> And, and, like, if you're Jordan Peterson, like, no matter how hard you wrestle and try to tame the female chaos dragon, uh, your own daughter will sell you into slavery at the drop of a hat. <laughs> oh, another, another, another telling difference between JP and Drake. Uh, Drake's famous line, uh, I just took half a Zan, 14 hours till I land. JP heard that and said, Drake, you're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drake takes half a Zan next to fly to Japan. Jordan Peterson takes a fucking... <laughs> A bottle to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> Drake, uh, famous for the line, I wasn't hiding my son from the world. I was hiding the world from my son. And meanwhile, like, you go to Jordan Peterson's page every day, and he's like, check out my daughter's tits. You know, now that we're talking about him, so... I, I've taken to checking out Jordan. It's like, here's the thing, like, Drake is as successful as you can possibly be as a Canadian in America. And so, Jordan Peterson has, like, not the same level of success Drake does, but he has a lot of profile, and, like, Drake seems to be doing great with it. Whereas Jordan Peterson is literally, if you check his Twitter account, it is the diary of a madman. Because, because it's like, he It's has... like if the Zodiac Killer had memes, that's... Because he knows it's wrong for a Canadian to be that well-known and successful. It really only is for uh, musical performers, for, the, for people of the metal of a Drake or a Celine Dion. Just a guy who's supposed to talk? Like, no, you're not, that's not, not your that, job. Not with that down. Yeah. And he knows it. He's waiting to be taken home. All right, can we just Dra like... Drake's like, Drake's, the most amazing thing about him is like, for 15 fucking years now, he's been at the top. He's understood the meta of top 40 pop and rap. Like, he's... No one has that kind of track record, really. He's, no one is as preeminent as him. And it's specifically because of his Toronto-ness. The, the, the extreme nothingness of Toronto <laughs> allows him to take on any face he must wear. I mean, I don't wanna, we don't want to kiss your ass too much, but like, Toronto is just like such a Sims-ass city. Yeah. It is such a procedurally generated city. You know, I, I, you know those, like, really scary, like, dreams you have? Not because it's, like, you know, monsters chasing you, but because it's, like, it's... You could swear it's your real life. Yeah. But, but you, just something awful. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, Toronto yeah. is not... It's, it's not a city you've been to, but it's, like, playing a city you've been to <laughs> right. in a weird yeah. sort of... Yeah. 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 It's a doppelganger. Yeah. It's, it's from a Ray Bradbury short story where, like, you settle in and you uh, order a Molson and then they cut your skin off and wear it as a costume. <laughs> I feel like... You know, those dreams you have where it's hyper-realistic and you, like, you know, you, like, burn a house down and you're, like, oh, my God, and there's that split second after you wake up where you're, like, holy fuck, am I, like, going to prison? And then you, you realize, I feel like if I accidentally, like, ran somebody over with my car in Toronto and, like, got out of Toronto, I'd be, like, oh, fuck, okay, it was just in Toronto. <laughs> they, they, they weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh... But I just want to, like, uh, just, just real quick share with you a few, just, like, a brief, a brief tour through Jordan Peterson's Twitter account, because it's, it's pretty special if you haven't seen it recently. So, I mean, like, there's the, like, sort of original... Okay, this is recently. <laughs> this, 
okay, like, th this, this is a good example of the recent vintage of Jordan Peterson tweets. But, like, he wasn't always this way. He has this kind of, like, line break haiku style that he does now. And then he really likes image horrific images of things like uh, Pennywise and the Joker. Scary clowns is his deal. And I don't want to insult anybody here. But if you are an adult human and you're scared of clowns, you should be institutionalized. Like, what, 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 how are you supposed to function as an adult if a guy with makeup scares you? I'm sorry. Grow the fuck up. I, we also like, uh, the, the I'm original sorry, I, I can't read this uh, thinking about uh, Montreal music other than uh, as many credit as life-saving lies, lies. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so this, this is an original. This, that, is like right? the, this is the, the vintage Jordan Peterson style of tweeting. Uh, 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 <laughs> listen, listen up, females. I've got something to tell you about cum and then a dead link. God damn I, it. I wanted to know. All right. I wanted to know about intelligence and cum, and now I can't fucking find out. You're teasing me here. So, like, the, the Hail Lobster one, yeah, promoting his, 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 his daughter, who is absolutely going to do white slavery to him at some time in the future. Already has. I okay. when, he is, when he was, like, chained to a radiator in Serbia, I guarantee you, like, she was selling his, like, milked cum on the black market. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay, the one with the shoe bill stork, this is another image he's really obsessed with now. He just, like, posts that image and... It, it really resonates with him. All right, let's see, let's see another one. Minions. If your ass is posting minions, you need to have your grandkid put you to bed. All right, I think we, I think we have one more. I really like this one. This is from today or yesterday. No, not oh, this no, one. We got a few more. Yeah, the Joker. He loves the Joker. I, okay, I really like this one. What do trans influencers think of it? I don't know. Pretty cool. What the fuck? Like... Uh, some, some cool cartoon animals, I guess. Oh, yeah, the Lady Joker, he's terrified of that. The la right. la la no, Lady Joker, one. that's too chaotic to even consider. This is my favorite one. This is from yesterday. Snow White will die so deservedly at the... I, wish he, I really wish he didn't include at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> so those are, the, those are the two most famous Canadians in America, but Canada... It's not all else for you. There's one massive, massive W yes. that we need to talk about. Yep. The greatest living Canadian. And the greatest living human. Uh, Canada, the greatest living Canadian is the greatest living human being on planet Earth right now. Napoleon being born in Corsica. And, you know, just, just as a bonus... Just as a bonus, I'll also throw in David Cronenberg. It's funny, we were, we were, we were taking a car from the airport um, in Toronto to our hotel, and all I could think about in the car was, where would be a good place to get in a car crash with Holly Hunter? <laughs> and I was like, every, every sort of like interchange or off-ramp, I'm like, is that where James Spader fucked Deborah Kara Unger? You know what? Cronenberg is good, but has he uh, almost drowned Kate Winslet twice? I don't think so. I, I have to say, like, uh, I know this is a few months old at this point, but just when the submarine crash happened, I just really enjoyed uh, cable networks having James Cameron on to basically be like, skill issue. <laughs> uh, I've been if in the I, if I was there, it wouldn't have gone down like that. <laughs> and he's right! He's right! Like, that's the thing. When Mark Wahlberg said that about 9-11, it's like, no, you would have died and you would have been a loser. But, like, 
If James Cameron had been on Flight 93, honestly, maybe he would have diverted that shit. I would not bet against him. Just disarming all of the fucking terrorists and then getting in the cockpit and like talking to the fucking ground control and landing that shit. I believe he could have done that. Never. He could, no, he, Mark Wahlberg, no. Your fucking Southie ass is not saving the world. Sorry. <laughs> Unless the hijackers are suddenly Vietnamese, it's not happening. Cameron could, Cameron could have redirected the missile that hit the Pentagon. I, I mean, obviously, he's number one in Canada and the world, everywhere. You know, a historical generational human being. And Cronenberg, great too. But, you know, lest we forget, Phil Hartman. That's true. The goat and, of goats there. And the victim of a disease created by the Pfizer Corporation in America, bipolar disorder, <laughs> and cocaine that was personally brought in by George H.W. Bush. It's true. All that shit is in the CIA lab. Yeah. But so, a, a great man. And, as we said, George St. Pierre, one of the pound-for-pound greatest fighters of all time. And he started the incredible buffet of brain damage that Matt Hughes, the strangest man to ever hold a belt, has taken. He, he did Matt Hughes worse than the train that hit him later in life. So, Montreal, we're, we're, go, we're going a little long here in the first act, but like before we go, we've got to talk Trudeau. Yeah. Let's bring him up. We have got to talk. Yeah, no, yeah. When I saw that photo of Trudeau and his really unnerving-looking son uh, going to see Barbie, this, of course, the the father and son blood bag was the only thing I could think of. But um, he also saw Oppenheimer. Okay, now, Canada. I'm not one of these like you know wear a suit every day kind of guys. But what the fuck? You're a world leader. What is this outfit? What? Honestly, my, my problem is, if you're going to wear the blue jeans, why not commit to the full Canadian tuxedo? And by the way, the only reason we're not wearing Canadian tuxedos tonight is because that would mean we would have to buy them and then w keep them in our houses, and we would not have worn them again. I'm sorry. Uh, Trudeau, tr <laughs> uh, we got... <laughs> Namaste! <laughs> When he's not, when he's not like you know, fully taking on the role of another ethnicity, <laughs> he or wearing a suit, he does sort of dress like he's on the Hallmark Channel. But Canada, like as we, as in the our, our little intro by Ben Clarkson. Shout out Ben Clarkson. We'll give he's him a round of applause. Everyone in the in the room tonight. In the room tonight. Give him a round of applause. Like, so, it's, it's been a tough week. It's been a tough couple of weeks at home for Trudeau. Him and his wife, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, have officially separated. So, I began to put my... Let's investigate this. What's, folks, what's really going on here? What, what, what aren't they telling us? And I have, I have something I discovered due to, like, my intense research into the Canada and its peoples. I believe I have an explanation for where exactly the moment where this marriage went wrong. Chris, let's bring up this video. Because... I've heard my fellow human beings and friends here today sing. This is not planned. Trust me. I'm going to oh, step up. Oh, I do. Up. 
Yes, and I'm going to sing you a song that I no. wrote for my daughter, Ella Grace. No, don't. At a moment where I was Shut going through a Shut up, listen to the lyrics. And where I remind myself of all the hope that there oh is in one's life. Oh boy. And all the hope that there is in love and helping oh, out each other. And it's called Smile Back at Me. Oh. Just, just wait, wait, for the, wait for the lyrics to drop. Wait, Some the... people die. But mm, angels can fly. Mm, and some people fight. Mm, without knowing why. Some people live. We're making it out of the hood. Without seeing the light. I'm impressed some people seem to know the lyrics. Some people live. Oh, no, 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 but not quite. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Should we keep it going? Okay, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Doesn't she have to do that in French now? Conquer the world with all the love. Oh. Toronto had the. Montreal, Toronto had the exact same reaction. Our entire audience turned into George C. Scott in hardcore. Turn it off! Turn it off! No, no, that's what you voted for. That's what you get. You want liberals as the, uh, the governing party? That's what you fucking get. Suck it. When that song on my sex playlist hits right as I'm giving back shots. Uh, Montreal, you want to know what the actual punchline of this video was? Tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. I think you would have loved it. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. We have no idea what he would have said about that. So, I think this is the beginning of the end. You know, uh, uh, Justin saw this at the Martin Luther King Jr. tribute. Uh, she shared the song that she wrote for her daughter. And uh, I think he called up, uh, you know, his Felix, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. But there's, there's one, other, one other piece of evidence I'd like to uh, present here for the dissolution of the Trudeau marriage. <laughs> headline, headline, headline. Idris Elba hints that he contracted coronavirus from Justin Trudeau's wife. Come on. Come on. I mean, it, yeah, it's like, it's like the song of the siren. You're just drawn to it erotically. You're taking notes on a motherfucking affair? <laughs> but, uh, all right. But the, the, last thing, the last thing I'm going to say before we head into our intermission tonight is that, like, towards the goal of creating the North American superstate sans Quebec, Hong Kong Autonomous Zone, Montreal, Quebec. No, Montreal gets their own thing. Okay, yeah, Quebec, Quebec is yeah. going to be subsumed, and they're all going to have to learn English so they can shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> Montreal gets to be their independent Bravos thing, but the rest of Quebec, gun to the head, learn English, motherfucker. <laughs> It, you're, it's amazing. You're going, you're going to have doing... to pay tribute to, you know, the North American equivalent of Dothraki Horde. <laughs> I will not abide hillbilly speaking French. It is an affront to God. It's amazing as in Toronto when we were pitching the North American superstate how horny they were for it. They were like positively like, yes, we need to be not dominated. We deserve to be dominated. Take us. Take us now. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they would fucking kill themselves to be Cleveland. Yes. <laughs> Montreal, them. they got so excited when I told them that Toronto reminded me of great American cities like Charlotte, North Carolina, and Sacramento, <laughs> California. It sucks. I'm sorry. It's not good. It's, the, it's yeah. sad and depressing to be there. Uh, okay, so towards the goal of like, uniting the North American continent into a super state, 
Uh, so Trudeau is single now. So who's, what, what is a marriage of alliance that will bring together Canada and America? Who will be the Catherine of Aragon for Canada? And the answer is, for Justin Trudeau, what's his deal? His deal is that he is like conventionally handsome, but not cool or sexy. Let's see, conventionally attractive, not really cool, mega successful. That's right, Justin Trudeau needs to marry Taylor Swift. Create the personal union that brings the North American empire into being. We are uniting the continent with this marriage of convenience. And you know what? We just, re we just remember backstage, she used to date a Kennedy. She did, yeah. Yes. So, like, I mean, she wrote a whole album she, about she that. She gets it. Like, she yeah. understands, like, I cannot marry just some guy. I need to be married to somebody who brings with him vast tracts of, uh, of land, wheat, tar sands, soft timber, fresh water, and who, who is available? Uh, this motherfucker. It's the only one. It's the only choice. They got to do it. So Justin and Taylor, we wish them the best. Montreal, we're going to take an intermission now. We'll be back in the second act to talk some more about Canada. Cheers, everybody. We will be selling hats after the show. $25 Canadian cash. There's an ATM upstairs. Get your cash now if you want to buy hats. And some of us will be out after the show as well. But 20 minutes, we'll be back on for the second act. Come on, second act. Here we go. Okay, Montreal, we are back. Oh, well, um, I guess before we start the second half, we should probably talk about uh, the fact that the, western, the northwest province of this country is just being burned right now because of climate change. Shout out to everyone dealing with that right now. And uh, L.A. is also about to get hit with a hurricane. Yes. It's normal. It's a normal thing to happen. Yeah. Shout out to his family. <laughs> Uh, Matt and I were talking earlier is that the, uh, the, hurricane, the fires will move south and the hurricanes will move north and eventually the problem will solve itself. Yeah. I'm so, like, within the next five years, there will be an out-of-control wildfire that is put out by a hurricane. And when that happens, everyone's going to be like, well, never mind. <laughs> okay, so for act two of the show, and act one we talked about sort of like Americans' perception of Canada and some of the Canadians that have like crossed over and how, how we see them, how they see us. I, we, I would like to dedicate the second half of this show to the Canadians that you guys have sort of hoarded for yourself that I was not familiar with until I solicited, uh, I think maybe even if you're in the audience tonight, anyone who sent me Canadian media oafs, goofs, and um, fuck-ups I would whoa, really like to thank whoa, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you call them goofs? Yeah, we call them goofs. That's fighting words. <laughs> it's, is that true in, much, if, in the Quebec? If you call someone a goof, is that as bad as it is in Anglo Canada? It's in Ontario. Yeah, I think it's like a, more of a. It's an Ontario thing. Yeah, but okay. like, yeah that, like, that is so Canadian. Goof. That is the most PG insult you could possibly. People, like, people have died in the ways that people die on Oz for calling someone a goof. <laughs> is there. Is there. A, like. Obviously, we know Chalice, we know Cabernac. Is there like a personal insult? What is it? Bozo? 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 Are you fucking... Hold on a minute. You were, you were all like, no, goof? We would... That's ridiculous. Bozo, though. <laughs> Sir, I'm going to beat you in the high street. 
pistols at dawn for calling me bozo. I saw. I. Uh, oh, oh, Newfoundland. Okay, okay, I love okay. that shit. <laughs> I want to go to Newfoundland and just absorb the fucking Elizabethan-ass English accents. I was about to say, if, like, Bozo was it, I, I like, one, I went to some bagel place, and one of the options was, like, a Bozo sandwich. And it's like, oh, that's like if in America you could order, like, a fucking cocksucker sandwich. <laughs> But I guess just Newfound. I, I, I like, um, there are stereotypes about uh, Newfoundlanders, right? Being, being um, I don't want to say goofy, like that's... <laughs> Can't say that. Yeah, We're going to get guys. Yeah, that would, be my, that. That would be my Kramer moment here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, um, ah, you know, the way we think of Southerners minus, like, the racism... The shit I can't get over is, I, I only found out this recently, is that Newfoundland did not become part of Canada until the 30s. What the fuck? It was like, or 40s. Oh, shit. Never mind. Goddamn. What, what, what were you guys doing? Yeah, like, how do you, how do you not turn the landmass into a fucking polity at that point? It's the poutine. You get fucking groggy. <laughs> You're like, I, uh, uh. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it tomorrow. I gotta take a nap. <laughs> I guess that was the first Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> so, Montreal, um, I, I, I solicited um, uh, tips from you on, like, who are, who are the media figures and pundits that, like, uh, enervate you to no end, but that, like, we in America are largely sort of blissfully unaware of. Blessed yeah. to not know about. Yeah, uh, this is the Canadian Club Reserve. The, these are these are these are the these are the these are the bozos and goofs uh, that, that that plague your media landscape. And, and Canada, I just want to like make a point here about the key to being a Canadian pundit or like Canadian media political figure or columnist or any of the people that we make fun of for a living is find something your American counterpart, be they liberal or conservative, are mad about. And then be 10 to 20% more annoying and fragile about that topic. And, th and that, that is the key to success in the Canadian uh, political media. Now, uh, we, like, we, 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 we've, we've highlighted these in, uh, in Toronto. So, like, but, but what I do have uh, for, for you guys here tonight is, is I, I, I saved the very special uh, French-Canadian conservatives for you guys here tonight. <laughs> Uh, but, but I'd like to go through, like, uh, we'll, we'll do sort of like, uh, like a, a rundown for you, an abridged version of the sort of like the, the roster that we compiled that we've uh, already shared with Toronto. Beginning with the food professor. The food Le professor. professor. Yeah. Food. <laughs> is that right? The, what is it? Is, and I just, <laughs> I, 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 chose the, I chose this guy because I love the moniker food professor so much. I, I, yeah. I got my PhD in food, but I, then I'm I, the Dr. Mengele of food. <laughs> <laughs> but then I found out that this guy's name is Sylvian Charlie Boy. <laughs> you can't set us up like that, Canada. Come on. And like, he, he was a guy that like even I became aware of during sort of COVID lockdown, and apparently everyone else did because seemingly out of nowhere, uh, here, here's a roundup here. In 2022 alone, his name appeared in 156 stories on the CTV News website, 
87 on the Toronto Stars, 55 on the CBC, 55 on the Globe and Mail, and 20 on the Global News. So it's sort of like, where the fuck did this guy come from? And the answer is the Loblaws grocery chain. <laughs> oh, yes. you lost shop there. Where else you going? <laughs> I, I, it just, it, it's so fucking weird how that's no, like, Don't just yell out answers, we don't yeah, care. Yeah, no, I, I don't do, yeah. I have, it does not mean anything to me. Oh, oh I, I got, sir, I got my restaurant at the Depanure du Boulevard. I don't fucking know what that is, dude. Shut the fuck up. When I'm, when I'm getting molested at American Border uh, Patrol, the one thing I want to declare to them is, like, I know the names of 50 more Canadian grocery stores. <laughs> Great. But I, I do like that, like, Loblaws is, like, your fucking Exxon Mobil. So yeah, uh, yeah this your, guy... your entire government is controlled by people who are like getting a one percent margin on fucking <laughs> eggs and fucking yeah. uh, tangerines. Yeah, it's it's like the richest guy in town owning the general store. <laughs> so uh, the, the the food professor was like a very very conveniently timed to enter sort of the uh, North American media landscape at a time when. People's uh, like day-to-day -day, uh, like needs and consumer goods. The prices skyrocketed due to the supply chain <laughs> and inflation. <laughs> so wouldn't you know it? Uh, uh, Sylvia and Charlie Boy uh, received a sixty thousand dollar <laughs> grant from the Weston family, which are like the Koch brothers of Canada because they own a fucking grocery store. <laughs> uh, to assure uh, to assure a restive public that like yeah I know. I know peanut butter is $30 now, but it's, it's, not, the lob, it's not the Weston family's fault. Talk, it, it, talking to people after the Toronto show about the Weston family, I was like, yeah, in America, we have Rite Aid, Walgreens, and CVS. And they were like, you know what true liberty is. <laughs> well, you guys got Rexall, though. We don't have that. No? no? I fucking bought toothpaste at a Rexall. Shut the fuck up. Please... please. Audience, please do not correct us if we get anything egregiously wrong about your country. Facts don't care about your opinions. <laughs> if, you if you continue to yell out uh, corrections about Canadian drugstores, we will 86 you. We will send secu uh, venue security to drag you out. So, yeah, like, uh, the, the food professor is just there to let you know that, like, look, food systems are very complex, and there's a lot of reasons why prices skyrocket when it's convenient to uh, gouge people. <laughs> But it certainly isn't the grocery store's fault. It's a, it's a very complex, nuanced food system. So I, I really like that he's found his niche, you know, the, the, of the food professing. Now, the, the next one that we talked about, there's... We, he's we, doing we, surgery we, on a grape. We, <laughs> <laughs> the, the next Canadian pundit uh, we highlighted... We actually also got a very charming correction uh, from the crowd in Toronto. The next one I want to talk about is uh, Christy Blatchford. <laughs> while, while, while I was talking about Christy Blatchford, someone in the audience just yells out, she's dead. I gotta say, when I heard that, I was like, oh man, this is so much better. <laughs> we need to just exclusively make fun of dead people because once they start talking, you can just say, like, okay, that's smart, but uh, if you're so smart, why are you dead? Why are you, you're an ass not still alive? 
And uh, the, the, the piece we wanted to highlight, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but I, I think you guys in Montreal will appreciate it. The, the piece that we shared was entitled by Christy Blatcher, who said, Toronto, City of Sissies. And I just want to read you, like, like the, end, the end of this article. She says, uh, glasses should be worn only by people who can't see, not as props. I'm like, who the, who the fuck are you, Pol Pot? What the? <laughs> Christy, Christy goes on to write, gay, as I've mentioned, is entirely fine. Faye is a pain in the arse. I know men have feelings, too. I just don't need to know much more than that. On any list of the 25 things every man and boy should know how to do, hugging is not one of them. I'm sorry. I, I should have made this explicit. Her whole, uh, her whole assault on contemporary masculinity and Toronto started because she saw two groups of 12-year-old boys meet each other on the street and then hug each other. Can't have that. And yeah. she was disgusted by they that. Should be, they should be fashioning makeshift shivs. The entire article is like if uh, Lil Boozy was cursed to write in the style of John Cass. <laughs> like, the, the content is like, you know, you shouldn't be on that gay shit. But it, it, it has a very, like, elder Cass-like prose to it. And you can really see why and that she's dead. So she said... On any list of the 25 things every man and boy should know how to do, hugging is not one of them. Killing bugs is. Whacking bullies is. Kissing is. Why is kissing but not hugging? I guess it's like... Because well, you're supposed to kiss the opposite sex. Okay, okay. Hugging is the same sex. And right. That's gay. <laughs> okay. Whacking bullies is. Kissing is. Farting on cue is. Okay, the next one is genuinely, like, baffling to me. Making the sound of a train in a tunnel is. I still don't understand yeah. what she's talking about. Yeah, it's just like the ideal Canadian man is a baby. See, that sounds like a French-Canadian phrase that got translated back into English. Farting on cue is. Making the sound of a train in a tunnel is. Shooting a puck is. Hugging is not. Feel free to give this to your male, give this to your male children. You're entirely welcome. Sorry, Christy. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I was waiting for a retort. All right, uh, the next Canadian media shithead that we want to highlight, uh, I, got, I got a lot of recommendations for this fellow, Tristan Hopper. We got, some, we got some hopper heads in the audience tonight? Some real hop heads. Now, if you, if you Google Tristan Hopper, the, the, the first search result you will get is, Tristan Hopper explains why he killed that raccoon. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, if I, had to, if I had to guess which of our columnists were famous for killing a raccoon, just going off appearances, I probably would have picked the dead lady before him. <laughs> He's wearing a fucking express vest and a, a blouse and shit. I wouldn't think he had, like, the sheer horsepower to do it, but he, he, he did it. And, uh, I mean, like, this, will, this, this is sort of a theme in our Canadian media shitheads, but, like, okay, if you do stomp a raccoon to death, I guess, like, theoretically, because it was rabid and attacking a woman and her dog, and you started to 
to man up and just uh, kick a raccoon to death. Uh, don't tweet about it and post a, uh, post a photo of you stepping on a raccoon's neck. Uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is what he posted. Romantic night with wife cut short by having to kick a potentially rabid raccoon to death. Randomly attacked a pedestrian. Signed, the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> I mean, that's how you know it wasn't like a clean kill. It, it, it's like, okay, if I, if I was even like a female acquaintance, like someone who I'd met once, and I valiantly killed an animal in defense of a dog and an innocent person. Like, if I saved a life in front of her, I am immediately, immediately having a very romantic night. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's the basis of the male fantasy of preventing a mass shooting with karate. Yeah. This article is basically him announcing, I killed a raccoon and got no pussy off it. Yeah. That means, that means he just killed a raccoon that was minding its own business. <laughs> like, it was supposed to be a romantic <laughs> night, and then he's just fucking scraping eyeball residue off his shoes. I, uh, I kinetically engaged the raccoon, and <laughs> I used CQC and room clearing. <laughs> um, uh, and then in Toronto, we did, we did a Tristan Hopper article about how much he hates the uh, children's TV show Caillou. Caillou, is that how you say it? We were never going to By say the way, that. you motherfuckers have to answer for that. Because yeah. he's not wrong. It sucks. Little leukemia ass motherfucker whining all the time. Shut the fuck up. Is okay. that how you people want to be presented to the world? We're the annoying bald assholes who complain all the time? Caillou treats everything like it's the end of the fucking world and I'm sick of it. So I, I did that one, but like, I, 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 like people were requesting, we, want, we need more Tristan, we need more Hopper. So I started looking around like, uh, the National Post, as he writes for, and I realized that like, he does this really dorky thing where he writes columns, like he writes a, a, like a Dear Diary column where he writes diaries embodying the persona of inanimate objects. And he did one last week. A diary of uh, Pierre Polivier's discarded glasses. <laughs> and, like, okay, the thing here is that apparently he's trying to do some, like, image makeover and not appear, like, uh, uh, as a Nerd. guy who wears glasses. I guess this goes back to the Christy Blatchford thing. <laughs> you know? The sort of Pol Pot. Uh, oh, yeah. wait, well, wait. He was trying to impress her. Yeah. Yeah. And She's then, dead. And then I'm he sorry. Gave, well, maybe we find out why and how she died. She got a terminal dicking. <laughs> so she says, uh, uh, Dear Diary, unfortunately for me, mainstream Canadian women voters apparently like politicians who conceal their need for corrective vision appliances. That, that, that sings, doesn't it? That's pros. Yeah. So it says, uh, here we go. Uh, Monday, don't think I don't know why I've been sitting in this sock drawer for the last two months. For 26 years of my adult life, Pierre Marcel uh, Piapoliver didn't concern himself with such diversionary trivialities as approachability and attractiveness to women. He was a man of raw, unemotional practicality. If he needed a car, he picked a Toyota Corolla, beige to hide the dirt, of course. And if one or both eyes became nearsighted, he sourced the most utilitarian corrective appliance possible. I'll never forget that first nasally words he uttered to me. I like this one. It doesn't have all the frou-frou. I cannot recognize that man now. Tuesday. 
as with so many million other pairs, so, as with so many million other pairs of glasses, what ultimately got me cast aside was women. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta write about what you know about, even when you're a, a, pretending know. to be a pair of glasses. I, I, I think glasses are cool and get you all the pussy. <laughs> I was there in those meetings. Some polo-shirted dweeb. Oh, can we go back to what, like, uh, what he's? <laughs> Why is he in front of a propane tank? <laughs> He's trying to do the David Roth gross gas photo. Uh, I was there in those meetings. Some polo shirted dweeb with a mid Atlantic accent. <laughs> I, That's wait, not a thing. Yeah. You're talking about Catherine Hepburn? <laughs> but yeah, you simply got to stop wearing those glasses. Women don't find them attractive. Uh, uh, some polo-shirted dweeb with a mid-Atlantic accent would pull up a graph after graph on an iPad. Conservative support was skyrocketing in virtually every demographic. Young Canadians, Atlantic Canadians, Toronto Canadians, gay Canadians, immigrant Canadians. Is that true, Canadians. by the way? <laughs> Canadians. Uh, but remove the male voters and everything changes. If only women decided the next general election, Pierre Polivier's only political future would be in the cold wilderness of Michael Ignatieff Island. <laughs> Bars. That was, by the way, the whole Michael Ignatieff thing is incredibly funny. <laughs> this motherfucker's like, well, I'm the king of the New York Times uh, editorial page. Surely I could just turn that into being the prime minister of Canada. And they're like, nope. Get your shine box, motherfucker. Uh, now, the mainstream Canadian woman voter is... A, okay, sorry. Now, the mainstream Canadian woman voter is an odd species at the best of times. <laughs> they do not own firearms. They believe in ghosts. <laughs> most most uh, yeah, people... Yeah. Is, that, is that true? Hold on a minute. Globally, most people believe in ghosts. I mean, it is unfair to point, pin that on Canadian women. <laughs> it's like it's it's like seventy five percent of the global population and, okay, believes I, in I, ghosts. I mean, also like, what kind of world building is it where like glasses have sentience, but there's no ghosts? <laughs> and, you know, uh, the Canadian women. If you do indeed believe in ghosts, I mean, like, you've already lost women from Brooklyn who believe in astrology, so. Uh, the internal numbers say they drive gas-powered cars, but it's inconclusive. And unfortunately for me, they apparently like politicians who conceal their need for corrective vision appliances. Correct? All right. That, that, enough of that. Let's go to his second diary, which is uh, done in the guise of a plastic bag. Inspired by... Inspired by the American Poet Laureate, Katy Perry. <laughs> and and the felt? film American Beauty. <laughs> like a plastic bag. By the way, I just want to say, we're talking about uh, Pierre Pole Smoker, whatever the fuck his name is. I think it, it, speak, it speaks to don't, Canada's... Don't pronounce it. Don't, I don't care. No, I don't want to know. I do not want to know. <laughs> fuck you. It, spe it speaks to Canadian broad-mindedness that you're going to have an election for prime minister where both of the major candidates don't really know who their dad was. 
actually, uh, Fidel Castro is the answer to both. <laughs> I just love the headline here. Joy is slavery. Fulfillment is death. Inside the thoughts of the Canadian plastic bag ban. Just bring a fucking bag with you. It is not, it is not the Gestapo to have to bring a bag from home when you shop. You fucking hogs! Yeah, it's like, there's a bunch of shit that, like, su- like yeah, the paper straw is terrible. Tons of stuff sucks now, but, like, you can carry so much more soda in your own bag. Pla- plastic bags are, like, the enemy of soda. They just fucking collapse. I, I mean, I legitimately think, like, if you, if you think that, like, charging... 10 cents in Canadian money, which isn't even real, for, for, for a plastic bag is some sort of tyranny, then, like, you have to kill yourself. Yeah. How, how are you alive? By how the way, are you dealing with the everyday indignities of being, a, like, a, a subject if that is somehow, like, an oppression to you? You have to just put rocks in your pocket and walk into the ocean. Or one of the Great Lakes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the, the, the lakes are pretty great. They're yeah. great. Yeah, they're awesome. No, I will not. The great, the lakes are amazing. <laughs> they're the best. The largest deposits of fresh water in the literal world. You guys, you don't know, but if any of you have kids, we'll see. <laughs> if any of you have kids... They are literally going to feel like they won the fucking lottery. Because those lakes are going to be the... In, in 500 years, you know, when we're in the Dune timeline, like the center of the universe is going to be the Great Lakes. All that fresh water, that's where to go. One You're already qu- there. One, one, fully one quarter of all the fresh water that exists on planet Earth is in the Great Lakes. That's right, baby! And, you know... And, you know, I, I, as long as we're talking about Canadian money, I got to bring up the fact that your that your five your your five dollar bill celebrates the Canadian uh, the Canadian invention of the fucking turn signal on the space shuttle. It's a little embarrassing, but don't worry about it. Right. Don't worry about it. In the future, it'll be. And you know, Montreal, what, actually, Buffalo, Cleveland, Chicago, Milwaukee. Toronto, that will be literally the center of the universe. Because they got the fresh, they got the Great Lakes. You know what? We were making fun of Canadian money, but like I've actually kind of come around on it. it like the see-through part of it, the see-through part of it, it makes me feel like I'm starting coke through a straw, you know? <laughs> I, I, do, I, do, I do love the, the it, it honestly is adorable to be like, we have to put like 10,000 anti-counterfeiting measures into our money that basically has no value. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yo, gotta watch it. Meanwhile, American money, same size for every denomination. Fuck you, blind people. <laughs> I mean, that is literally ableism. Like, if you ever want to rip off Ray Charles, just like come to America. <laughs> and there are no transparent sci-fi parts of it, like Jordy LaForge's fucking visor. <laughs> We're like. Yeah, you want to copyright it? Go ahead, motherfucker. Everyone in our country has a gun. We will kill your ass. All right. Back to Hopper and the thoughts of a plastic bag. Tristan Hopper. Uh, Monday. <laughs> I need not tell you that we live in a time of crisis. 
floods, forest fires, mass extinctions. And yet, there still exist self-observed narcissists who would callously ignore all these grim auguries merely in order to prioritize their own self-proclaimed right for a fleeting convenience. Good point. <laughs> oh, I've heard the justifications. Literally every one of my groceries is wrapped in plastic. Why can't I just have one more? I reuse the bag. Just one more plastic. <laughs> just give it to me. Just one more plastic. It'll be good. I, I can just do one more plastic. Come on. And... Uh, a perennial contender, hey, isn't all the ocean plastic actually just coming from developing nations without proper waste management? <laughs> okay. Uh, is this what made Canada great? Questioning the ultimate utility of state-imposed consumer sacrifice? We'd all be speaking German if it hadn't been up to you, if it had been up to you people. I mean, you're speaking French right now, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, is he, is he saying that, like, the Canada was, like, the Ray Allen of the Allies? <laughs> hey, like, like, look, we didn't, look, look, we didn't have, like, a 30-point game, but, like... <laughs> they hit the shot yeah. on Utah Beach when it counted. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, no, you, you guys did a lot, but it's, like... No, nah, not really. Yeah. They I'm, got their I'm shit, being nice. I'm being they nice. got their shit rinsed at Yep, right? You guys know about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, wait, wait oh. a second. Country then. Quick and fucking complaining. After Jeff, you're just like, you yeah, know you, what? They wanted it more. There, there's no there's no It took D Day with the motherfucking Americans <laughs> to invade France. There are five Call of Duty games that take place in World War II. You don't play as a Canadian in any of them. Uh Tuesday. <laughs> The mistake my critics make is to focus on the particulars. Sure, maybe we're not actually saying uh, all that many resources. When, uh, sorry. Uh, sure, maybe we're not actually saving all that many resources once you factor in the envir in environmental impact of every Canadian now owning a closet full of unwanted tote bags. Just fucking use them. What are you talking I'm about? I'm sorry. Like uh, shut the fuck up. Like, the, the, like I'm sorry. It's tote bags. Like. The creation of a single molecule of plastic in 2023 should be like a crime as bad as murder. <laughs> I mean, unless it is for something like... Oh, I have, I, have, oh, I have tote bags in my closet. You have a closet. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. What else is going in there? What else is in your fucking closet? Oh, my skate... Oh, my ice skating shoes and also my uh, my ice dancing shoes and also my fucking uh, all of my the gear for the thing where you sweep in front of the rock. What's it called? Curling. My Shut Canadian, the fuck up. my Canadian's jersey, my formal <laughs> Canadian's jersey. Nobody, nobody should be living here at all. The fact that you are living here is a crime against humanity. You should be lucky that the jade upon is not putting a gun to your head and forcing you to a livable fucking latitude. Oh no, my, oh my, my, my space in my closet is taken up by bed. Shut the fuck up. This should be the new intro. This, col this column should be the new intro to every new edition of Settlers. <laughs> because, like, I get, I get it. Like, 99% of anti-carbon, uh, uh, anti-, um, 
global warming action is just lining the pockets of existing, you know, profit centers. I, yeah, it's true. There's no hope. We're all fucked. But shit like, don't ask for a plastic bag every time you go to the grocery store is literally the bare minimum to be a human. And you fucking cocksuckers keep complaining about it. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Matt, you say that, but uh, Tristan writes here, but, but what we're doing is engendering a cultural spirit of austerity, unlike our actual economic policies. Oh, oh, austerity! <laughs> oh, oh, no! Oh, oh. I, I, I need to pay 10... Whatever the fuck, what are they called? No, don't answer, don't answer. No, no, we don't know. We don't I know. need to pay 10 cents or centusmiths or whatever the fuck they're called <laughs> to take my goddamn poutine and, like, fry the horse dick home to, to eat. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! You're lucky that you are not digging a ditch at gunpoint. Uh, you, say, you say that, Matt. You say that. I, ca- I counter with this. The happy and convenient shopper buys readily, eats too much, and feels able to pursue consumer decisions that aren't constantly infected by a gloom and guilt anxiety. <laughs> the result of this bleak oh capitalistic hellscape is overconsumption, destruction of the natural environment, and the ultimate death of the species. The science is clear. The most environmentally friendly human is a depressed man who sleeps on an air mattress, plays industrial amounts of Xbox, and rarely goes outside. <laughs> wait, 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 that guy... That guy is obviously a Chapo listener, yeah. and we stand him. Yeah. This is like, it's. I mean, like Amerifat transcends even being American. <laughs> this is the most Amerifat thing I've ever heard. It is and so it's not even from an American. It's this incredible, guy's a frog, right? Yeah. No, no he's, not. he's not. Oh, he's not a frog. Yeah. Matt, you gotta stop saying. That. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, finally, each tiny joy we can delete from daily life is a step towards this green idea. All right, enough of this a fucking asshole. A tiny joy, like having a plastic bag. What is the joy? The joy. The joy of saying, yes, I'll take a plastic bag? Kill yourself. <laughs> if that... I'm sorry if this makes me a degrowther. <laughs> You take actual human joy in just looking at another person like a dead-eyed minimum wage employee and say, yes, I'll take a bag, and that gives you joy? You should kill yourself. You are literally worse than Hitler. I'm because how are we supposed to live? How are we supposed to have a human species if that is the barrier? Like, no, I, you cannot impede upon my joy, and my joy is... Telling another person to give me a plastic bag. You right. are a psychotic monster. All right. And you should have your fucking head cut off. In. In. Let me say this. In Minecraft. Okay. We're, we're running against the time here. And I do want to get to the French Canadian. Get the frog. Okay. All right. We've right. got 14 so more really slides. Like speed round. Speed round here. Uh, speaking of people who should be killed in Minecraft, let's talk about Barbara and Jonathan Kay. Uh, basically, all I have to say about Jonathan Kay is, again, once again, first Google result, motherfucker washed his hair with dog shampoo for three months. Matt has to go to the And then went on TV chamber. to complain about Seth Rogen making fun of him, and then was pointed out by the uh, very sympathetic uh, interviewer 
that his mom decided to defend him to Seth Rogen and say, Seth, you should make this a plot in one of your next movies. <laughs> Truly pathetic. The uh, speed around here, I just want to get to uh, Barbara Kay, who did this article. Why is Prince Andrew the only one being held accountable? And I'm just going to read from the last paragraph here. Andrew is what he is, and I'm not making the case he shouldn't have paid an appropriate price for his bad behavior. Bad whether he slept with her or didn't. All I'm saying is that the price he's paying, a royal castaway shunned for the sake of the firm's continued good health and relegated to a social devil's island, is very, very, very high. Much higher than he would have been if the, in the case of an ordinary man. Absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, like, like the price he's paid is like his birthday party was canceled by the Queen. <laughs> I think that the, I, I, in terms of like very high prices you could pay for participating in an international sex trafficking ring, uh, having some medals taken away from you would be uh, you're the bottom of that list. Can you well? Can you name like one American rape convict who like they've taken away his charities? <laughs> No, the R. Kelly Foundation still exists. And in fact, uh, all the ticket sales tonight will be going to support that. I know, because I'm still on the board. I'm reforming it from within. It's not really what you think. I think that, like, once we merge with Data for Progress, we're really, really going to see some changes. All right. All right. Next one, real quick. This guy was the king of the Toronto show, Joe Warmington. Joe Warmington, the night scrawler. It is the, mo it is the perfect Canadian pundit <laughs> man. Not Joe Hoddington. Not Joe Coldington. Joe Warmington. That's your whole deal, isn't it? We are neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm. And I will spew you out of my mouth. Uh, miracle, miracle in the West. Baby born has already formed Winston Churchill. Uh, the Warrington article, I, just the headline I love. Give cops medals for efforts to stop park sex. Yes. And like, okay, the like, the, big pink line. And like, okay, like th this article describes like a three-month campaign by the Toronto police to get men to stop fucking each other in public parks. And he was like, give them medals for that. But Joe Warmington's... Uh, I'm assuming that in Quebec they give you medals for fucking... <laughs> but uh, Joe, Warmington's, Joe Warmington's true genius is in the medium of Twitter. And we got to just show... Is this a DM? Yes. Yes, Joe, it is. Uh, okay, we got, we got a few other ones here. Let's do this real quick. We don't have a clear understand why, Mr. Platform. <laughs> Need computer help. When you use Firefox, can you Google something? How do you get it to do that? It says Amazon instead. Any suggestions? All right, I love this one. Listen to me, Sully. In guy who fights to keep cities safe, need your help. Encourage you to help cops. Encourage Drake. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is he asking the guy who landed the plane to the Hudson to encourage Drake? <laughs> who the fuck is Sully? That... Those were the words. Jerry, that, those were the words that um, Moses heard from the burning bush. <laughs> Encourage Drake. I love Joe Warrington. Like I had no idea who he was before the show in Toronto, but like I love him because he's a 65-year-old foundling. 
He's Casper Hauser. Yeah, he, he is exactly Casper Hauser. Yeah. Someone just found him wandering naked. Probably while they were like fighting the battle for the public park against <laughs> sex. And they taught him like enough language. Anybody know of a place where beer and liquor is sold in stores and how it works? <laughs> See, that, that's what that blows my mind because, like, Canada is a famously alcoholic country. Like, as a Midwesterner, I vibe because, like, we're all the same thing. It's very cold and, and snowy for, like, half the year, so you just drink. How does he not know that? Because he emerged from the basement. That's the answer. He just walked ago. out. Uh, he walked nude out of the forest one day, and yeah. they were like, "You sir need a column." Any, uh, like, like any like he's experienced drunkenness, but like in the way that happens when like chimps eat fermented berries. <laughs> Happening. Yeah, he has He's no like, idea. I, I just felt weird all of a sudden. <laughs> he asked his editor, like, what happened when I ate that berry? <laughs> he explained to him what alcohol is. <laughs> all right, I think it was like, like oh, one, one more Warrington. Okay, isolation pizza. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've talked about this. We we have t- we've looked at this because we talked about this in Toronto. What the fuck? What? <laughs> what the fuck is on there? Like, is the, are those? We can clean those pineapple chunks. What yeah. is it? Pine- so, uh, yeah. we, no, we figured out that it's pineapples. But at first look, it kind of looks like. But uh, what are like the other things? Style cheese curds? curds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it fucking tater tots? We don't know. <laughs> all I know about all I know about isolation pizza, which I think is lapping cellar door for the most <laughs> yeah, beautiful <I> mean, and <laughs> depressing. <laughs> My uh, favorite phrase. Bob Dylan album, by the way. <laughs> Isolation pizza. <laughs> this is cooking pizza free base style. <laughs> this, yeah, this is like if Albert Fish could send tweets. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, the parents of the victims' DMs just filling up with this fucking pizza. <laughs> yeah, he's, Albert, talking, Albert. he's talking the parents' victims, but also being like, Hey, um, can you get can you get Hulu on a TV? Uh, f- famous, famous. Are you are, are if like a, a bathroom doesn't have like a, a man or a woman on it, can anyone use it? You're like, where's my daughter? If you see an exit sign, do you have to go through it? Albert Fish, or as he's known now, Seth Dillon of the Babylon Bee. <laughs> Right. All right. All right. That's French, right? right. Those right. are Toronto I'm trying. Fuck off. We got some. We got some ants on our pants up here. But all right, let's get to let's get to the uh, the two yes. French Canadian conservatives that I've uh, the, selected for you tonight. The genuine article. The right. frogs. And I'm beginning with Joseph Facial. Wait a minute, Joe Facial? Is Joe Facial. What's his name? Joe, Joe, Joe Facial? Joe Feces. Joe, Joe Fecal. Oh, right, Joe Feces. Joe Fecal. All right. Joey Shit. All right. Now, 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 now these articles, they, 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 I, I, got, I got these articles translated. So, all right. Uh, the, the bear, bear with this one. The payoff on, on, this, on this column is pretty, pretty good. All right. This, this column is titled, An Email Popping Up Out of Nowhere. By Joseph Facial for Le Journal de Montreal. When I was a teenager, I okay. Before before I before I start with these two guys, 
the, the thing that they, they, they're most irate about is le wokeism. Le wokeism. Le wokeism. Le politique identité, which is really funny for a French Canadian to be getting mad about identity politics. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, thank you. Like, what? What, what, are, what are French Canadian politics outside of being fucking French? It is literally just an identity. All right. And your it's dumb language. I'm sorry, it's dumb. If you're complaining about le wokeisme, I'm sorry, you've already let the vile anglophone yeah. language infiltrate <laughs> your, your French, like, your perfect wokeisme thing. Woke. You've already lost. The car is coming this. from inside it's, the house. Invent a new word for it. You can't. Like, you, if, you, if you're a proper frog, you should be saying, like, wokeisme, that's not a French word. I don't know what <laughs> yeah, that wait, means. What's a French word for? I don't wait. know what it means. But if you're like, oh, we must stop wokeisme, it's like, good luck, motherfucker. <laughs> you are already American. You're Le not even fucking non sombre or something or whatever it would be. All right. So this is, this is Joseph Facial. Uh, when I was a teenager, I had classmates of all backgrounds and colors. Everyone has chosen their path, and life has separated us. I received an email the other day from a friend, a friend I hadn't seen in 45 years. His parents had come from Haiti. He grew up here. I do not like, he says, the notion of a visible minority because it defines me by my belonging to an unsurpassable racial group and not by my individuality. I hate even more, he says, the notion of racialized minority, which activists want to substitute for the first because I see the strategy behind it, heavily suggesting that all of my problems can be explained by racism. I hate, he says, when condescending activists or journalists talk about me as if I were a victim or a child. I hate, he says, that people want to stick in our heads that my problems today are explained by the slavery of past centuries. I hate, he says, to see young people like the one I once was using this miserable and disempowering discourse to justify their failures by blaming others. It goes on for a while. I hate, he says, their little tricks. You lean on the veil, I lean on the race. I hate, he said, their hatred of a Quebec that does not deserve this bad trial. I hate, he says, the submission, the fear, the unjustified guilt of all those who find it completely toxic but who shut up and let it happen. I hate, he says, that the voices of ordinary people like me are buried. I hate, he said, their hatred of a Quebec that does not deserve... Oh, wait, I already read that. Um, okay, all right, enough is enough. Ready for the punchline? I never received this email. It's pure fabrication. I just made it up. But, but, let's say I would like to receive it. <laughs> I mean, an American columnist never would have shit. said that that was a fake email. That, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. They would no, have no, just no, rolled with see, it. See, that, that, is, that is what divides America and Canada. Because, like, how many non-existent conversations has Thomas Friedman had <laughs> with different uh, uh, taxi drivers across the world that he just makes up? And he would never say that shit's not yeah. real. No, but commits, this motherfucker at least admits I'm com- making this com- up. Well, I mean, I think it makes him more contemptible. Commit to the bit. They see that's the difference between having a nuclear arsenal or not. <laughs> you guys, honestly, if you don't want to get invaded by the United States, you should get some nukes. You should, like, if, if Trudeau's serious about being uh, in charge of a country, get some fucking nukes. Because otherwise, we're coming for it. We're coming uh, for the to... soft timber. We're coming for the fresh water. We're coming for the tar sands. 
it's gonna happen. I've got a pitch for uh, Canada's Hollywood, which is Halifax. Uh, I would love for the Trailer Park Boys to do a uh, team to do a series that is Canada's nuclear program. <laughs> All right, so that was, that was Joseph Fecal. Uh, but there was one guy who like st stood above, head and shoulders above the rest, and it's a guy who's named Matthew Bach Cote. Wow! Affectionately, Damn. Uh, affectionately. Okay, I know. You, I know you guys like him a lot. He is affectionately. He's, he's affectionately known as MBC. Wait a minute, MBC is a not playable character. <laughs> MBC. He's a most actually, playable character. <laughs> I, I, did, I, I did like this one line. I'm gonna, this is a throwaway line. He says, without French, Montreal would be Pittsburgh. Um, I'm sorry. Montreal, wait, hold Pittsburgh is Mon pretty cool. I know Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've been there, but it's great. Yeah, here's the thing. That's, that's shitting on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is the Paris of Appalachia. Yeah. And like, no, we love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a cool city, but Montreal, I got news for you. You're in no danger of being Pittsburgh. You got so many more people. Yeah, it's I, crazy how big the city is. I can't fucking smoke anywhere here. You're nothing like Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you in can smoke indoors in Pittsburgh. It is legal. You, you're like, oh no, I don't want to be Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, it's legal to smoke in bars. <laughs> maybe, maybe that doesn't sound so bad, does it? <laughs> now, I, I feel like I have like a, a special interest in MBC here because he's a big fan of movies. And I want to go to the first headline here. Indiana Jones asked un heroes formidable. All right, this is now in translation, which I hope will piss him off. Indiana Jones will be soon be back on the big screen for the fifth part of his adventures. For fans of the archaeologist adventurers, this is a great moment. Because Indiana Jones belongs to a universe that is no longer that of men who were still men, who made people dream, who embodied courage, erudition, who had a sense of humor, who appealed to women, who were, com who were committed in a quest beyond them. Men, do n men no longer appeal to women. Good luck, motherfuckers. There, it sucks how there haven't been any births since 1961. That's true. <laughs> the women see the men and they're like, you're not Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh who were committed in a quest beyond them and who always got away with it because luck is with them. This series of films offers us a world that is both naive and conquering, very far from the blah blah of the contemporary individual who no longer knows who he is, very far also from the flavorless heroes produced by the Hollywood superhero industry, smooth, transparent, boring, useless. Uh, don't make me agree with you here. <laughs> it just goes here, uh, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, in brackets, Indiana Jones 3, in case you're wondering. In case you're wondering. He is again the best one. He is again thrown into the mythical history of Christianity. This time, to find before the Nazis, again, the cup of Christ, the grail, which could also change the march of the world. It is, of the three, my favorite. Once again, stop making me agree with you. It's true. In That's the best one. The third good, one is the best in one. In good part, because of the... Only, only the penitent man will pass? Come on, you can't beat that. In part because of the presence of the father, an old scholar giving the most, convincing, the most convincing portrayal of the bookworm. Indiana Jones represents the cinema of yesterday at its best. 
epic and joyful, the consumption of which I am certain, I am certain is a thousand times more effective than treatment with antidepressants. See, like, <laughs> I, I gotta say, I agree with him. I, I, I totally agree with him in that column, but I, you'll see where I'm going with this one. Uh, the next one, of course, El- <laughs> so is, 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 is this a like, top praise for Top Gun? And he goes, uh, last Saturday, I finally found the time to go see Top Gun Maverick. In other words, the sequel to Top Gun, which dates back to 1986. <laughs> I loved it. Moreover, the film is a huge success. Uh, for, for some critics, the explanation lies in one word, nostalgia. And of course, the film plays on this chord. The winks multiply. 35 years apart, the scenes intertwine and remind men and women of my generation of the enthusiasm of our childhood. But if Top Gun is a hit, it's also because it collides head-on with our sadly delirious era. Not in a militant way, Top Gun is not an ideological film, but the values he puts forward remind us... Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this two-and-a-half-hour advertisement for the United States military-industrial complex is not ideological. It's just... I mean, like, you know, I hate to say it, but I really, this guy really better say something pretty racist in the next two paragraphs, because... Like, otherwise, this is just, like, uh, a written form of Lights, Camera, Jackson. <laughs> like, you people are asking to get in favor. Yeah. Like, if this, if this is the form of your, like, nationalist, like, resistance well, Matt, to Anglo, Globo, Homo, whatever, if this is all you can fucking muster, <laughs> you need to be taken over. Yeah, like, well, Matt, this is my point here. I mean, like, I don't, like, he just goes on and talks about woke Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. The, the cultural vaccine comes from Hollywood. Reminds us that the best and worst come from the... They made the movie! Shut I know. the fuck up! They made this the movie! This guy's a French Canadian like they nationalist. They had to fucking do an insurgency. They didn't have to fucking hire gunmen to make the movie. They made the movie through the traditional Hollywood channels, which means it's not some sort of samizat underground publication. <laughs> it's what we do. I'm sorry. There is no... Insurgency. There is no resistance. There is only the globo homo. And I guess the point I want to make, like, because you know, I, I I agree with NBC here. I mean, I didn't see the new Indiana Jones movie. I heard it sucks. Dick, it's but, uh, not. Uh, I will say this: it's better than Crystal Skull. But you know, I uh, oh wow, whoa, controversial opinion. Uh, but is you that know, like hey, a national movie here or something? <laughs> I enjoyed Top Gun too, but here's the thing. This is a French Canadian nationalist. Get off the dick of American movies. Yeah, stop talking about it. Yeah, let- if you're talking about American films and wokeisma, then I'm sorry to repeat my material, but kill yourself. <laughs> because what are you even fighting for? All right. I mean, you're like- fighting for shit that has nothing to do with you, that is made by Anglo psychopaths uh, in California. And if that's what you're fucking riding for, then you have no reason to be, and you should probably, in Minecraft, kill yourself. Like, like this is your Tucker? <laughs> like, like, this, is, this is like, a, like a, an assignment in a remedial English class. What do you do this weekend? The popcorn was a little too hot, but after I waited a little bit, right, well, my favorite thing about coming attractions is getting excited about the movies, but then I remember how far away they are. 
Well, like I'm, I'm sure this guy has said like terrible shit about immigrants, but he's just he really really does not get to the point. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like you, you can rack up a million points ragging on immigrants because they can't defend themselves. It is what you can do against the hegemon that matters, and this is nothing. This yeah. is, it's, it's pathetic. We, we love your awesome movies, Hollywood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um, all right, well, if I haven't put Felix to sleep uh, so far, this next one will really do it. Oh, the, great. There's the, another. <laughs> the strange history of inclusive pasta. <laughs> I, I don't know shit about shit, but I know one thing about the frogs. They do not like pasta. And they're, the Italians hate any deviation from normal pasta, so I have no idea what this could be about. All right. A few days ago, Barilla, the well-known food company, and they launched a promotional video for April 6th, National Carbonara Day. <laughs> At the heart of this video, the staging of a new carbonara recipe without pork, gluten-free either, what? And I will kill everyone I know. <laughs> and without a few other ingredients. I mean, like, a few other ingredients. That's just pasta that's been boiled. Carbonara is like uh, bacon or, or, you know, pork product of some the kind. Egg, egg yeah. cheese. That's it. Uh, a reinvented carbonara having little to do with the real dish. But, hey, until then, nothing special to tell his mother. Vegans have a right to the, eat their imitation carbonara if they wish. Keep in mind, this was through Google Translate. <laughs> Except that Berea, the famous company, did not just offer this new recipe. They presented it as an inclusive carbonara recipe. Inclusive because without pork. And suddenly, we begin to understand. I am one of those who pay particular attention to the meaning of words. <laughs> Me too. Do you, do you, do you like, I mean, like, if I was one of these guys, I would, like, put together some sort of racialized false flag incident. So I could write about something other than like this. Like this is, I, I can't think of, I mean, like obviously like bauxite miner and stuff like that is the worst job. But like Canadian conservative columnist is suddenly up there for me. The keepers of the diversity dogma will even lie outright pretending that Barilla is not offering a new morally superior inclusive version but an alternative version. When they talk about the video, they make the point of lying by omission to pretend that the ideological obsession is with those who note the vocabulary used in the advertisement and not with those who produce the advertisement. They lie to pretend that ideology is absent from this advertising choice. Don't be surprised, the method is now known. Progressivism advances by pretending that it does not exist. But let's not refrain from publicly noting, publicly noting their dishonesty. I just love that they're trying Oof. to... Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> they're trying... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're trying to do a, a like, a, a, a Bud Light is trans boycott with Maria uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. uh, publishing a single recipe. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I mean. It's like they, they're just... They're just fucking drafting on the shit that American conservative columnists do, but it's like 10,000 times Get more your boring. own shit! Get right. your own issues. Right, I'm, I'm, There's got to be something that the, the Torontoians are doing that you can get mad at. Being sissies. <laughs> hugging each other. All right, fine, all right this is the, la the last NBC one. Oh, this is real fast. Just the headline. No French, no tip. Or the daily battle to be served in French in Montreal. I spent, oh, by the way, this guy lives in Paris now. 
I spent the week in Montreal. Uh, I would love to see actual, like, Parisian French conservatives talk about this guy like he's a fucking ape or something. <laughs> this that, fucking that, hillbilly. That, that he's talking about hockey. That idea this, brings, up, brings up something. Are there Quebecois who become weebs for actual France? Are they the biggest nerds among you? Yeah. All right, that's what I they, they collect every venereal disease they can find. <laughs> oh, oh, you got syphilis? That's not... I got gonorrhea too, motherfucker. Every time this guy has to, like, leave his house in Paris, the Canadian embassy has to walk him around on one of those autistic child leashes. <laughs> I'm like, you, you can see where this is going, like, uh, the struggle to, like, and he's, he's not talking even about waiters at a restaurant. He's talking about, like, uh, like Uber Eats delivery people. Oh, oh my fucking <laughs> We see it even more when it comes time to order a meal at home. Almost every time the delivery person will say, English, English, no French. What I've got into the habit of answering over the years, no French, no tip. It's a ridiculous gesture, but also a gesture of common sense. Most delivery people suddenly remember they, that they know how to say thank you. It's already taken. You know what? Tabernacle, this asshole. Okay. You lost. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Plains of Abraham. Ever heard about it? I got Lord Cole versus Wolf. I'm sure you wish it not otherwise, but the fucking Anglos won and it deal with it. Yeah. I will say, though, like... Fuck you! <laughs> I will say, like, after the other snoozer... Like, this was also... His last column also fucking boring. But it did, like... It did make me go, like, oh, someone should kill you. It, like... It, <laughs> it, like, it like, got something out of me, at least. So, uh, good job, I guess. He, yeah. He's, like, as good as a regional conservative American columnist. <laughs> All right. I, th I think that brings us to the end of our Canadian, it, Canadian Club Special Reserve. It brings us to the end of our show tonight. Montreal, I want to thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. Thank you so much, baby. You guys have been awesome. Uh, and genuinely, genuinely, I have to say, in the short amount of time I've been here, Montreal is one of the coolest cities I've ever been to. You guys have a really cool city here. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I just got, I got one plug for you guys. If you enjoyed our show tonight, perhaps you should check out our friends, Girl God, who will be performing in Montreal this Tuesday at Bar Loritz. Montreal, thank you guys so much. We are Chop by Trap House. Good bonne nuit. Uh, at least me, Matt, also, will be back there sell selling hats after this. But uh, thank you guys so much. This has been great. Mm -hmm.